everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm writer for The Athletic, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Kyle Busch, who really, I mean, he needs no introduction, but he is winding down his tenure with Joe Gibbs Racing, about to move on to Richard Childress Racing after this season. But before that happened, we were able to chat via Zoom. So let's go ahead and listen to our conversation. All right, everybody, I'm here with Kyle Bush for another 12 questions. And Kyle, you know, I, I hear that um, you're not media friendly or something, but this is the 11th time you've done the 12 questions. So you've answered already over 120 questions just for this. So just um, for this, there's yes. plenty more. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate you doing that. Uh, no worries. Don't so, give up my reputation, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I won't tell anybody. Uh, the first one is, how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? Um, hmm, well, I guess since there is a recline option, then it should be available to use at your discretion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I've always not really reclined if there's somebody behind me i've always just kind of stayed stationary but i will if there isn't someone behind me on a flight then i've definitely reclined for sure sure okay yeah that makes sense um how often do you get recognized at the grocery store um pretty much every time yeah uh whether it yeah whether it's just um a customer you know someone shopping and doing their own kind of stuff and they just go by you and do a double take or maybe they'll stop and say hello or it could actually be um you know a worker that is there that um that recognizes but pretty typically it's every time does it matter if now you have- that's that's local store i guess if i'm grocery shopping out of town mm-hmm. um yeah probably one out of ten times maybe i would say Oh, wow. Okay. So as soon as you get out of the Charlotte area a little bit, you're uh, like, if you're going to a dirt race or something, people aren't looking for you. They're not, they're not seeing you. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) uh, no, I got, I get recognized doing that. So we were in Knoxville, Iowa. I got recognized by two people in the store actually on that one. But I guess I was looking towards like, uh, if we're in Phoenix or something and we needed something for the, the, motorhome and we go to the store and go pick up a few groceries or whatever like i might not get recognized there but yeah if you're anywhere that there's a track something nearby and there's a race in town you're most likely going to get some some recognition okay that makes sense uh on a scale one to ten how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner um i would say prior to this year um uh, 10 out of 10. Um, but this year, uh, just with the last, you know, nine, 10 months of so much chaos kind of going on and happening. And there's a lot of stuff. Um, I would say I've been much worse at it. So probably a a three or a four. I I mean, I can't imagine why. Yeah. It's not like you have a lot going on. Um, yeah, just a few things going on. I tell you what's worse is the, the emails build up you know, by the time you get to some of them that are uh, a few months old, it's like, oh, well, I don't have to answer that one anymore. So it kind of <laughs> took care of itself. 
<laughs> yeah, you're not getting to inbox zero, huh? Yeah, no, I'm trying like hell. I'm still at like 200. <laughs> That's still respectable. It's still respectable. Uh, what is the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who will not stop talking? Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, you know, like if I'm at, um, a, a racetrack or if I'm in a fire suit or something, you know, then obviously it's like, I gotta get going to my next thing. So like, I'd love to stay in chat, but I gotta go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but if you're just at the grocery store and grocery shopping and somebody's talking to you and, and doesn't necessarily stop talking, you really are not in a hurry. So you don't really have anywhere to go. So I just kind of let them, uh, air it out and <laughs> just go through the uh-huhs as, as politely as you can. Okay. I, I like that strategy. Uh, if you could pick one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be? Um, I would probably just stick with Instagram. Um, I like seeing the photos and pictures and the history of stuff and whatnot on there. And I could just do with none of the others. (laughs) Yeah. I, (laughs) uh, I mean, you do have some, some Twitter gold at times, but I also understand why you would never want to be there at, at all for any reason. So, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, what advice would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made? Uh, man, that's a loaded question because it could be any kind of mistake. I don't know. I think the best thing about it is to be truthful to yourself about it. And then obviously to others, if you've, um, done something or said something, maybe you weren't supposed to, but, um, work through it the best you can and the best you know how and ask for some outside advice from others and just don't feel the need to keep it locked up inside if you will so you can just you know um i guess not get not get torn down internally yeah okay that's that that makes sense so this next one's a wild card question and i'm mixing it up for each person um, so if I go to a, like a little league game, right, or like a, a kid's soccer game, I'm looking at the field, I see like a bunch of six and seven-year-olds running around, and even though I'm not like a good soccer player or baseball player, I think, well, if I, you know, if I went out there right now, I could like kick these these kids' butts, right? So with the racing that like Brexton's doing and the age that he is right now, if like someone like me, like a full adult that doesn't have racing experience, like if I got in one of those cars and tried to like go out there and race with these kids, like would I get my butt kicked or like are, are these like how good are these kids that we're 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 seeing? Like, can you give us sort of like a, a scale of their talent level right now? Yeah. Um, so you getting into some of the cars, even if you were their same size and weight, I think you'd get your ass beat. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> there's some that are really good. So um, like you can just kind of see. I mean, uh, a few of them are, are fast and, and they're a little rough around the edges. They'll run India and whatnot, but there are some that are pretty crafty and um, they are very good at uh, putting themselves in the right spaces and, and uh, doing the right things. So they've got some good, either some good help or some good teaching or just natural ability. So it's fun to see um, those different ones that you see like that where, you know, Brexton, I feel like he's he's got both. Uh, he's got some talent he's also got 
me teaching him and talking to him and helping him a lot along the way. So I think he may over excel some of the others um, that maybe have a little less natural talent, but they have good teachings or vice versa where they might have really good natural talent, but the dad just lets him go out there and, and drive in circles and doesn't really know what racecraft to teach him or whatever. So it, there's a lot of different variables um, in that. So you, I mean, is there one that's more important than the other, like talent versus having somebody in your ear who knows what they're talking about? Or does it have to be a combination of, of both to be successful? Yeah, it, it, uh, I think it does. Um, you know, I, I think they're, uh, I think it can be raised. I think it can be taught from early age. I look at William Byron where, you know, he wasn't born into a, a racing family at all. Like his dad's a financial advisor and stuff like that. And his mom, um, I think was a teacher if I'm not mistaken, but um anyways he just did sim he grew up on the on a computer and then he did it in real life and then he had some some you know he always put himself in good cars and good equipment with good good people around it and good teachers that would help him and he's established himself as as a cup series driver and winner so um you know how much god-given talent does he have i i don't know but i feel like he's been taught a lot more than maybe being born in it, raised in it, um, such as, you know, Brexton or somebody else like that. Okay. That's, that's super interesting. Uh, if someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration? <laughs> I would say my earlier years. Yes. I would say, um, as of late, um, probably not just save it for another day. You because I mean you you still figure out a way to get them back, but it it's too it, there's too much risk of making yourself look bad in that situation. I assume. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I see what you're saying. Yep. Um, what movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year? You know, whatever's been playing on like USA or Netflix or something like that. So like, um what's that movie like the hangover is always kind of playing on regular television and it's just on like maybe in the movie channels and you're just flipping through cause you're kind of bored and just want to see what's on. So you'll take whatever you can get. Uh -huh. So the hangover might be one of those that I've seen a lot. And then another one is, um, what's the Vince Vaughn wedding movie? Oh, wedding crashers. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of something you can put on, enjoy, not have to like think about it and just, yeah kind of yeah exactly right it's those are just good old anytime classics right right when you think about nascar five years from now what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most interesting that's a tough one okay so okay i think what i'm most optimistic about uh would be <laughs> which is a hot topic right now is actually the the revenue share coming up Mm -hmm. That would certainly be nice. We have got to fix our sport in its ability for survival. I mean, we are we are in survival mode right now. I mean, just look at it. Look at look at Kyle Busch's situation, right? Like he wasn't able to get a contract with the team because a sponsor left and had to go somewhere else and that's just that's not that's not economical. 
Um, it's and look, like, granted, I've been fortunate enough to be paid well, and and uh, I wouldn't say I've taken that for granted, but I've I've been very fortunate in that, and I got the reset. You know, it was bound to happen, but I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just feel like that's not a great model that we have. So I'm most optimistic about that getting fixed. Um, mm. what's the other question? Uh, what worries you the most? <laughs> Probably it goes hand in hand. If it <laughs> yeah. doesn't get fixed, that worries me. Right. Um, but no, I would say what worries me the most, I would say, where do we go with this car? Um, not because this car is a bad car, but because of where the future is going. So uh, electrification, um, hybrid technology, you know, all that sort of stuff. And they've kind of built that component into this race car. But the problem is, is the car that we're currently driving, the new next-gen car, is 200 pounds heavier than our old model car. And if you add electricity to it, that's going to make it even more heavier. Hmm. So, like, we are in a bad spot with the car, I feel like, just because of how expensive it is, how heavy it is, the loads we're already putting on the tires and seeing tires not be able to withstand it. Like, we are in a tight, 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 tight box. And uh, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's how do you fix it? I, good question, because I don't know. Wow. Wow. I had not heard or thought about that at all, but that's super super insightful. Um, so Kyle, a magic genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over. But the catch is that you get to retain all of the knowledge and experience that you have now. So do you accept the offer to go back or do you just stay where you are in the present? Oh, hell no. I go back every day. (laughs) Yeah. You could win a lot of races. What's the downside of that? (laughs) Yeah. You can make me young again. Like I'm taking it. Yes. <laughs> well, you have to start all over. I mean, you have over 200 wins that you'd have to do all over again, but I guess you as could long win as, more. As long as my body's back to the beginning, I'll do it all over again. I, I can, I can do it. Okay. Okay. I can do it better. You might have to, um, you know, you might have to not win as much on like some of the lower series races to get them to not change the rule, um, to, so that you can, that they can have the limit a little bit higher for longer. So you can win, you know, like, kind of sprinkle in some some L's in there so you can get some more W's if that makes sense. Uh eh, it it doesn't. Um <laughs> but I, I think that there were plenty of op- missed opportunities um where I could for sure be at 300 right now if it wasn't for the missed opportunities. So I would I would take being smarter and better at it and going back and doing it again and having them uh reinstate the rule all over again and and play groundhog day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just win before they get the rule change. That, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Win okay. more before they get the rule change in. That's right. Okay. <laughs> um, Be hated even more. Yeah. That's well, if you won three, 300. Yeah. You, you definitely would be. Um, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. Last week was Christopher Bell. And his question is, what has been the most positive change over your time in the sport, whether that is a car change, format change, stages, playoffs, whatever. And what has been the most negative change? Uh, oh, man. Okay. What has been the biggest positive change since I've mm-hmm. been here? Yep. I was going to go with safety. Because, um, like, 
you know, the seats and the, the Hans device and all that, which I started with Hans, which was back in 2000. So that isn't necessarily a thing, but, um, yeah, I mean, stage racing is when you're good and you can run up front every week and you're consistent and you've got good stuff like stage racing is a, is a huge plus for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guys that can't do that, which now I'm kind of in that boat, it's, it's, it's a pain in the neck because you're just clawing for points and you just can't seem to get them. Hmm. Um, you know, the format isn't bad. Um, it is an interesting format. I feel like it does lend itself to be fair to those that have a good whole year when they win races in the beginning of the year, that winning of races helps propel them through the playoffs. So like you still do get to reap the benefits of that. So I do feel like that has been a plus. Um, and so what has kind of been a drawback, Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah. Okay. So I think one of the bigger drawbacks is honestly the rule book. Um, you know, yeah, you want to keep fairness involved and, and all that sort of stuff. But man, when I look at the rule book, like it is so strict and intense and we go race go-karts with Brexton and micros with me and whatever. And the rule book is way more lax and you just have an opportunity to do like, you really don't even over-engineer anything. Like you just do a couple different things different than the next guy and it's fine in the rules and you either are better from it or worse from it. You know, I just think the rules, there's just so many rules and the box is so tight. And especially now with the new car, there's no ingenuity whatsoever. You just go buy it from the store and assemble it. Like, I feel like that has probably to me been the biggest drawback. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely understand why you'd say that. Um, so the next interview I'm doing, I believe is with, uh, Harvick. Uh, do you have a question I can ask Harvick? I guess, can I think about that and get back to you? Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, no problem. All right. Yeah, let me think about that one and, and get back to you because that's, that's an interesting one. I want to try to make it different and not just something that's maybe been asked already. No, I, I appreciate the effort and also appreciate you doing this for the 11th time. So thank you very much for carving out some time to do that. Yeah, man, no problem. Absolutely. Wished uh, I'd been available sooner, but um time is good so all good yeah no i uh i didn't think we were gonna get to do one at all this year so um i'm I'm glad we got it before the end of the season but yeah hopefully uh in the years to come you won't have <laughs> quite as much going on like ever again but i'm with you yeah yeah it'll be nice made the, hopefully we made the the final jump of where i'll be and uh can find retirement after um you know a few years yeah i hope that for you too well i don't want you to go away but you know what i mean yep no i'm with you (laughs) yeah all right man well thanks a lot i'll uh, i'll talk to you soon all right right on thanks bye yep all right everybody there you have it kyle bush on the 12 questions podcast i thought that was pretty uh pretty interesting it's sort of a different kyle than we usually get to hear at least at the racetrack and uh really appreciate him taking the time and putting some thought into those answers And I do have now Kyle's question for Kevin Harvick. And here's his question. What is something that you would like to have different in Keelan's racing path versus yours? Talking about Kevin Harvick's son, Keelan. Do you feel like you wanted to do something coming up that you didn't and you are going to make sure that Keelan does? 
So I will ask that question to Kevin Harvick next week on the 12 questions. And then just one left. And you know who always wraps up the season? That is Landon Castle. So two more 12 questions remaining uh, after this one. And I hope you've enjoyed this season. We will either be back with an all-new 12 questions version next year. We'll do something else, some different type of format. Never really know at this point in the season, but always anxious for your feedback of what you guys would like to see. Maybe we could do some sort of um, 12 questions that are like really mixed up for everybody every week, not the same questions or some rotating questions. Maybe we could do like a 12 minutes um, where we just talk about random things for 12 minutes. Anxious to hear your feedback on what you guys might like to hear going forward. Or maybe just like the traditional format, same 12 questions every week. Maybe mix one up or whatever, but uh, we'll come up with some new ones. Either way, I appreciate you as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.